0: Season 10 has been filled with advice, and this week will be no different. Eager to help people succeed, it troubled today's guest that most new businesses fail. He was determined to find out why, and so will you today. I am excited to deliver another episode of That Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancey. Whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you each week i interview a different entrepreneur from around the country and across the globe each guest will take you through their story and help you learn from their successes and lessons learned after finding the answer to why many businesses fail joe pivoted into entrepreneurship he found that success starts with both mindset and intention subjects that they don't teach in CPA school. Joe DiCiara is an entrepreneur with a CPA license who has worked with thousands of business owners over the span of a 35 year career. So that should show you that we're going to have incredible value headed this way. His primary purpose has become teaching entrepreneurs, the fundamental principles of success combined with the practical knowledge acquired as a CPA. Obviously, entrepreneurs out there, founders of our own companies, there is a tax side to things. And that's something that no one talks about when they talk about starting a business. So there's a ton of value here and a unique testimonial ahead. Allow me to now bring Joe on. Thank you so much for joining the show. It's my pleasure.
1: I'm blessed to be here, Vincent. Thank you. And uh, you just really raised the bar high
0: for me. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, well, my pleasure to bring you on. A fellow New York guy, would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners and previewing your story just a bit before we dive in and get going?
1: Well, you said a lot already. You know, I'm an entrepreneur with a CPA license. I didn't go into accounting to be an accountant, believe it or not. I wanted to learn about how to do business. And, you know, I remember my father tricking me into becoming a CPA when I was 17 because I was hanging out with the wrong kind of people. I was getting into trouble. <laughs> and he pointed to some guy. We were at a picnic. And he said, that guy is a CPA. I said, that's great, dad. What the hell is a CPA? It's like, they run businesses. And I, God's honest truth, I never thought twice about it. I was like, then I'm going to be a CPA. All of my friends were changing their majors in college. And
0: yeah, I never thought they?
1: twice about it. And, uh, you know, 35 years later, yeah, I learned a lot about business and accounting. Mm-hmm. I re- I resented my father for about 25 years for, for doing that to me because I wasn't a happy camper for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my story.
0: I can resonate with a little bit of that. I started my professional career at Price Coopers. I was still an undergrad, but I only had a class or two left because of my accident. I came back and... We're working the 30-hour days. They're feeding you twice while you're there. Quality of life was very minimal. Again, for some, that's the life they want, and that's the great thing about life. Everybody likes something different, and that's what makes each episode different. I, first, I've heard of someone becoming an accountant for that reason, and that's a very wise move. I know you probably weren't happy with your father, but I think the knowledge you acquired over time has to be substantial. It's,
1: yeah. I'm not bragging, but sometimes you know more than you
0: think that you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the value you're going to provide with all of the stories. And you mentioned you always, you knew you're going to be the CPA. You haven't looked back. Can you describe more of that moment when you jumped right into entrepreneurship? Well, at the beginning,
1: I can't even remember when it started, to be honest with you, because I've been, uh, describe entrepreneurship. It's like, to me, it's making something happen from nothing. Okay. Making money raising money and i started with <clears throat> i don't know how old you are but we had trick-or-treat for unicef
0: i was born in 91 i remember unicef okay
1: so i would go door to door it wasn't for me i would collect pennies just and that just made me so happy and uh jerry lewis was my favorite comedian okay my father had a great sense of humor and we i grew up watching jerry lewis and then he started with the muscular dystrophy telethons, right? I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. Please, go but ahead. Every, every year, I couldn't wait for Jerry Lewis because I could get to call and my mother would let me donate a dollar. <clears throat> so in fifth grade, you know, we lived in, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Then we moved out to Long Island. Uh, slipped. Isla. And I was in heaven. It was like a kid's paradise. It was like hundreds of dead end blood. I mean, it was just, and we had a a group of kids and we put together a carnival for charity and we were doing it for muscular dystrophy. Right. And it was unbelievable. We, we marketed it. We went around the neighborhood. we, I mean, it was an event and we read, this was like in 1970. We raised a hundred dollars, right?
0: It's incredible.
1: My friend's father owned a trucking company and he doubled it. He said, and I was like, oh my God, we look at what we did. We helped Jerry's kids. A week later, I didn't have enough of it. So I, I ran a casino in my driveway at 10 years old and again it was like oh my god i made like four bucks everybody was happy but my parents my parents shut me down they didn't think it was a good idea for their 10 year old son to be running a casino but i'll never forget i said why do people work why do they have jaws when they can just make money and
0: i remember it like it was yesterday Incredible story starting your entrepreneurship at 10. There are episodes where come on, where people share the iced tea stands, which we can resonate with, the lemonade stands. But that, I mean, that's incredible. You could tell just terrible grit at such a young age, just
1: the vision you had young. Listen, I, I have a, a friend, she's one of the most brilliant people I ever met in my life. She's a kindergarten teacher, believe it or not. And she taught me. She's like, you could tell what kids are gonna be or what they're supposed to be from a very early age. You know, the kids that are like with blocks, they're gonna be they're gonna be building stuff. The the dancers. Uh,
0: it's uh, like, yeah. I was born to be in business. Well, in business, you are. Thirty-five years of lessons learned to explain to our audience. On your own, what are the two hardest parts? Believe
1: it or not, well, it's, it's always difficult to stay the course, okay? Mm-hmm. It's always difficult because things like COVID happen. It's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. And even when you're prepared or you think you're prepared, something happens that, like, you can never be prepared for. So if you're in business, you got to be ready to stay the course no matter what. The other thing, believe it or not, is not letting myself, uh, how, how could I say this? I got to get out of my own way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I surround myself with people that are smarter than me, that can see what I'm doing, that know me, and are brave enough to tell me that I'm wrong, that I'm making a mistake. And you got to be humble enough to take their advice. <clears throat> Once you got that done, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy, but that's
0: that keeps me going. I couldn't agree with you more. You have to, the advice part, it was that we actually did a show right before this recording on Marco Novo's live stream in Portugal. And I talked about just that. You have to be very selective of whose advice that you take. People may mean well, and they want to give you the best possible advice but they may not be qualified to give you that piece of advice. You wouldn't go to a car mechanic to fix a computer and vice versa. Although either your close friends or family, sometimes it may not be the correct advice to seek. And not only getting out of your own way, but just having the confidence that that you can do it repeatedly because the downs and the ups and the downs, the ups and the downs, The downs in the beginning, I'm still in the first 10 years of my experience. The downs are down. The downs are down. (laughs) And the only way to get up is from learning your lessons, learning from your failures. What is one of your greatest lessons learned? One of the biggest realizations that I had was when I bought
1: one of my client's businesses. He had a Mm -hmm. car stereo business. I knew nothing about car stereo. When I was in high school, I used to install car stereos and I love music Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to be in the business anymore. And he was mismanaging it. And I said, if I run this like a business, I can be successful. No wrong, wrong, (laughs) wrong, wrong. wrong. If you don't know anything about a business, stay out of it. I lost my shirt
0: on it. It's the truth. You have to, have an interest in it. You have to be willing to learn or have background knowledge or you're starting 10 steps back. It is possible. But as you could see, there is plenty of challenges in that experience. Was there one particular challenge that you remember from that experience just because it was a noteworthy poor experience on your great track record? Yeah. When he sold it to me and I didn't know why
1: at the end of September, I was like, why are we? And it turned out that because starting October, you're dead until May. <laughs> so I bought a business at the, the lowest part of the season. Wow. N- not enough capital, not enough knowledge. And within two months, I was, I was broke. And I was like, what's wrong with it? Plus, you know, he was stealing clients from me. I thought I had an airtight contract, you know, all these, I thought I I had all of this business knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, I was trying, I, I was trying to be an investor and an owner operator. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was just,
0: it's a lot going on. Yes. Well, if you can maybe prevent that from happening by having had a conversation with an entrepreneur dead or alive, someone to pick their brain. Thinking back, if I had the people around me like I have now
1: and I sought somebody's advice, which I didn't, it it might not have happened. Well said. But then again, if it didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't have learned that lesson.
0: And it certainly propelled you and opened your mindset in a lot of directions from that. But which entrepreneur would you choose to sit down with and have a conversation here with Joe, dead or alive? I'm very interested in this answer ah, because of your diverse experience. That, that's so easy.
1: Benjamin Franklin.
0: Love the choice. Let's hear why. The stove. The stove. He
1: had a stove that was inferior in in, in quality and, and everything to his competitors. But he found a way to sell it. His formula for selling it is still used today by Madison Avenue. My friend picked it apart. He's a scientist with this stuff. He's like, look at all this stuff Madison Avenue did. And he went all the way back to Benjamin Franklin with his, with his stove and how he marketed it. And the guy was just off the tr- Oh, my God. I wish he was alive today.
0: I ended my MBA commencement speech when I spoke with his quote, there's a better way to do it, find it. So I love the choice there. But now we're going to delve deeper here, Joe. Where would this meeting take place if you could choose any scenery? Wow. Philadelphia, yeah. I wish we could make it happen. There'd be so much to learn from Ben Franklin type of individual with the digital age now with the social media era the ability to seek out people, reach out to them and collaborate. Who knows what could have happened? But now we're going to look into the future, Joe, short-term and long-term for all of your endeavors. Describe what you have going on short-term for our audience. Uh, It's pretty exciting. You know, about two years ago, I I switched my
1: whole business model around to work specifically with startups, with brand new businesses, Mm -hmm. because I, I found out that over 25 million Small businesses are still classified as sole proprietors, which is the worst way to do business. Uh, We don't have time enough to go into that. But I said, oh, my God, this is where I can have an impact. So I set out on a campaign (coughs) of education. This is part of it to get on on podcast uh, to teach people about the fundamentals of business and why they're at a great disadvantage when they start out. Mm-hmm. And to help them build a firm foundation of business. And I'm an accountant. We start with Simple Bookkeeper. We set up a, we created this $47 a month CFO package. Because what we found out, Vincent, is that people don't hire accountants because we're expensive, And brand new business owners usually can't afford $300 an hour for a CPA. They will say, I'll do that when I make money. Mm -hmm. And you know, the truth is that most businesses never make any money. So we came up with a solution over the last six months. It's like we're signing up clients left and right. We have mastermind uh, meetings. Awesome. Uh, you know, we're, we're building a community of small business owners and it's awesome.
0: That's what it's all about, right? They're helping each other grow. I'll have to get in touch with you after this episode, see if I can get involved in any ways with this platform. We, oh, have, a absolutely. Gr- we have a great community on here. I believe as we're airing this, we are up to around 130 or so. So wow. that's a lot of uh, business owners. The entrepreneur definition we carry on this show is founder of a company, founder of a brand. And that way, you carry all of the risk. But we will definitely find some stuff to collaborate on there. Now, let's look long term. What are you feeling? Our plans
1: are to to be purchased by H and R Block for twenty five million dollars.
0: Is that a goal or something you have in mind or in, in work? Oh no, that's the plan. We're
1: we're creating a scalable business that we want to sell so that we can take our mission to another place. And the okay. truth is if that doesn't happen, so be it, but you know, you're at, we, you gotta have a goal, right? You gotta have some kind of big, what is my friend Craig does? say? saying you gotta have something that's so big and audacious that seems impossible, right? Because we started from zero. Of course. Okay.
0: Talk to me in four and a half years. Yeah, we will definitely keep in touch, as this sounds like. And also, for those of you listening on, be sure to catch his episode on YouTube on Writing with Authors. He's going to talk about that side of his business on that show. And now we're going to take his uh, analysis on the Spotlight story, which coincidentally coincides with his choice of entrepreneurs to meet. It's a throwback and it's a legend. And we're going to learn all about the entrepreneurial journey of how J.P. Morgan Chase was founded in New York. Who were the founders? Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Of course, Hamilton being a founding father of this country, or those of you who are listening to the United States say, and Aaron Burr, the famous VP. And I have a little history lesson for those of you because we all learned this when we were in school. In 1779, the Manhattan Company, J.P. Morgan Chase's earliest predecessor institution was founded and chartered by the New York state legislature to supply, quote, pure and wholesome drinking water to the city's growing population. A provision in the charter allowed the Manhattan Company to use its surplus capital for banking operations. Within five months, the Bank of Manhattan Company opens for business as the second commercial bank in New York after Hamilton's Bank of New York. This broke the banking monopoly, Hamilton severs his association with the water company and now, this is something we all may know. The duel. We've heard of this before. In 1804, Manhattan Company founder Aaron Burr challenges both his political and personal adversary, Alexander Hamilton, to a duel. The two men met in Weehawken, in New Jersey, across the Hudson River from New York City on July 11, 1804. Hamilton was mortally wounded and died the next day. Then quickly, in 1853, Abe Lincoln became a customer And then the panic in 1857, which many of us have heard about as well in the history books. A financial panic causes 18 New York City banks to close on one single day. And there came the economic depression. Most banks suspend specie payments, but Chemical Bank continues to redeem banknotes and gold coin to help stabilize the future market. There we go. Earning the nickname, Old Bullion. Joe, what are your takes on this story?
1: It seems like a lot of what's still going on now, a lot of chaos and turmoil. You know, that's what's funny when, you know, I'm a history buff, too. And when I look back, I'm like, things never change. (laughs) It really doesn't. You know, I read a book called The Road Less Traveled uh, by what's what's the guy's name? M. Scott Peck, M.D., or whatever. But the first paragraph, he says, life is tough. Once you can accept that, you can enjoy life.
0: I couldn't agree more. You have to just understand that it's not going to be all sunny days. And you have to just know how to weather the storm. And the only good thing about it is when things aren't going well, it just means tomorrow is going to be better than today because there's no other way around it. And with that, Joe, I got to thank you so much for coming on the show. A ton of value throughout, especially right at the end. We're pointing it out. Again, be simple and nothing changes over time. Be a reader as well. I loved how he started a casino at age 10. This guy has a lot of value and a lot more to offer, which is why I'm now going to ask him for his last word. How do you want to end the show today, Joe? I would say, I would say
1: thank you, Vincent, for providing this platform and for, for teaching people the kind of stuff that I, that I want to teach them. It, it's needed. And, you know, like I said, if, if you're going to go into business, be ready to go to war (laughs) because that's what it seems like sometimes. Okay. Surround yourself with good generals. And, you know, I, this is what I'd like to leave you with. I I have a a friend, a mentor. She follows the art of war. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there, there's, I think five pieces to it. And and all you got to do is follow the first one. As long as your moral code is correct, Mm-hmm. you're on the right path. If you're moral, if you're doing things for the wrong reason, you're going to lose. So as long as you keep doing things
0: for the right reason, you have a shot. I love the last word. Wouldn't expect anything else after a valuable episode. Please let everybody else now know where to find you, where to find your book, your website, your services, all that. So I, I
1: love inviting people to our mastermind. It's just mastermind with Joe Dichara.com. It's free to entrepreneurs, people like you. You know, we bring people like you into to do training. Uh, yeah, we we're get to talk ra- after this for sure. Brand new people. Uh, it's great. We play games. We network. We grow. So that's just Mastermind with Joe DeChera. Uh, my website is bedrockbusinessbuilders.com. And anybody can book a chat with me by going to timewithjoe.com.
0: Joe, I appreciate you sharing all that. Everyone listening on, be sure to go check out his value. Check out his episode on my YouTube channel. He's got a lot of great stuff in the works. And by the time this comes out, there should be one or two collaborations in the work. And while you're on social media, check out the show as well. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And Twitter is Podcasts by Lancey. So you have updates from all of my shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancey.com. If you check out any of my books, I'd love to share your support. Send me a selfie with the cover of it. And as always, I will end the show with the quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This is from today's spotlight entrepreneur, Alexander Hamilton. I never expect a perfect work from an imperfect man. And I chose that just to remind you all not to put so much pressure on yourself. We've all been there before, but you have a lot to offer. Be confident and thank you for listening. See you next week on That Entrepreneur Show.